Welcome to Ancient Answers, where we talk about issues that confront us today, but reflect upon the words and wisdom of the ancients. I am Gordon. And I'm Shane. And today's episode is another one of our quote and answer episodes, or we call the The Q&A. The Q&As, where Shane and I have each picked four, well, two each, uh, quotes from ancient writers, and then we reflect upon spontaneously. We don't actually know what each other's quotes are really about. So Mm -hmm. anyway, Shane, why don't you go first? I'll kick us off. All right. So uh, I'm starting off with Seneca. Ah, okay. Yeah, so that's a Roman. Uh, So, anger is an acid that can do more harm to the vessel in which it is stored than to anything on which it is poured. (laughs) That's brilliant. I love that one. Because that is true. Yes. Uh, (laughs) How many times have we seen someone who was angry and that the angry consumed them as opposed to inflicting any harm on maybe the person that triggered it? And, and sort of a, a more modern interpretation of this, because I remember, I don't know if it was in a movie that I saw or a book that I read or where, but I remember seeing or hearing somewhere a more modern version of this was that uh, being angry is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, it, anger is such a caustic thing. I, I know in my life there have been times when I've gotten angry, sometimes with my kids when they were young, I certainly am guilty of that. I feel regretful for that because Mm -hmm. there was never anything that was accomplished of any value from it. Uh, And inevitably it required an apology. uh, And and certainly, but as I've gotten older, and I think also my recent health crises um, gave me a reflection that, chill, man. (laughs) Most things you don't need to get angry about. Most yeah. angry things are miscommunications. Yes, uh, that's I've, I've experienced that for sure. Yeah. Oh, my emotions have been hurt. They insulted me. Well, maybe that wasn't intended. It was just a bad way of expression. Mm-hmm. Well, and uh, what was it that uh, something else that I remember hearing along those lines where it's like, oh, that like you know that person made me so angry when they said that and that, or when they did this. Like, well. No one can make you angry without your permission. That's right. No one can make you angry without your permission. So it's, a, yeah, like it's, you know, there's there's a lot to be said for how people, sure, there, there's all kinds of external stimuli that will affect people differently, but you, you can't exercise a modicum of control over how you are affected by it, right? Like there is a point where it, become, it, it can become a choice. That's something that I've sort of discovered about myself anyway, where, yeah, there are times where, um, I might realize like, okay, I'm really angry at this scenario or this person or whatever it is, but I've gotten to a point where I'll just tell myself like, okay, you're allowed to be angry for only so long. And then once, okay, you felt the anger. Now it's, it's not productive. It's useless. It's like you said, it's caustic. It's dangerous. It only hurts you. It's not beneficial. It's, it's a, it's a useless emotion. So let it go chill out, distract yourself, find something else to do, and just relax. <laughs> Easier said than done. Oh, definitely. It takes a lot of practice. <laughs> but, you know, the many of the people we admire in history, you know, uh, the Gandhi-like characters and mm-hmm. stuff like that, they also usually given the attribute, or saints, if yeah. we want to use the word saints kind of in quotes, where those that we supp- suppose were patient, long-suffering, 
and not quick to anger, if mm -hmm. at all. Yeah. Because they seem to understand the human condition and would be sympathetic to someone else being upset, but not taking it on themselves. Because you're right. Mm -hmm. it, just because someone is uh, offensive to you doesn't mean you've got to get angry. Yeah. A uh, sort of a, a modern, a more modern version of what you just said is the individual known as Bob Ross from <laughs> The Joy of Painting. He was at what a lot of people don't realize. He was actually a drill sergeant in the U.S. military, and he absolutely hated the anger that was involved in that and just yelling at soldiers and whatnot. So when he left the military, he actually vowed that he would never raise his voice in anger ever again. And that sort of became the, the mellow Bob Ross painter that people came to know on the show. And there's actually, I remember seeing a clip from the program where he even said while he was painting, because, uh, you know, he talked a lot about emotions while he was painting in, in his work and whatnot. I've watched some and, of those uh, episodes. That's, that's yeah. true. Yeah. And at one point, he even said, I don't hate anyone. I don't have that kind of time. And I really enjoyed that because hate and anger, it's something that you have to feed. You need to actively go out of your way, even if it's just mentally in your head. It's an emotion you have to feed into. You have to contribute to it. You don't, it's not something you can just let happen. You have to force it to happen to a degree. It's understandable that you could have a flash of anger based on something that, you know, happens mm -hmm. unexpectedly or yeah. an insult that happens or something like that. It's just examples. Yeah. I would say I have made that commitment with really one ex exception. For the last two and a half years, I am not aware of raising my voice or fighting back with anybody. Mm -hmm. uh, I've made a concerted effort. I'm not a saint. No, of course. Yeah, I, we all make mistakes. I, I also do it because I do not want to risk high blood pressure. <laughs> that that could be seriously damaging to yeah. me. So I have taken upon that, okay, to be as chill as I can, mm -hmm. considering my personality from rest, early part of my life, um, it's not easy uh, for those that are able to accomplish it on, on a much longer time span. I, I, I give great admiration for it. Uh, but I, I have found meditation. I have found, uh, finding qu a quiet moment. And I found the simple strategy that if I'm up, if I get upset, I can feel my blood getting angry is to walk away. Yeah. Find some time. Even if I have to mutter under my breath on my own somewhere, cool down and come back. Mm -hmm. And then I've also found a strategy, and I was taught this by someone, ask questions. Okay. Ask neutral questions so that you make sure you understand why you, if you should be reacting to something. Because sometimes it's the other person's inability to articulate effectively. It sounds angry. Or maybe the person has a legitimate beef. Mm -hmm. and yeah. hear them out. Yeah, it doesn't go. mean you have to agree with them, Yeah, but sometimes you can sympathize. Say, okay, I understand if that's upsetting you. I may not agree, but... Yeah. It's up. That's yeah. a good quote. Yeah. And that I, was from Seneca. Seneca, yeah. I like that one. Yeah. All right, so what's your first one you got for us? Go All on. right, my first one, I'll do my best to read here, is the desire to safely stand against ever great and noble enterprises. The desire for safety. Oh, gee whiz. I, all right. We'll edit it. Then, we'll, yeah. we'll edit this one. Yeah. The desire for safety stands against ever great and noble enterprise. Now, <laughs> we did another quote that is somewhat similar to that. Okay. I reflected from, I believe, season one. 
But this one is from a different, this is from Tactius. And uh, now, being that he was in the middle of the Roman Empire, and uh, you know, he was, uh, his birth is 56 AD to uh, 117 uh, AD. So he died the same year as uh, Hadrian. Oh, okay. Um, the, the thing I found about that was, if you want to do something remarkable, it doesn't come easy. And th- that's, it's not, yeah. you can't be safe. Well, there, there's no safety in life. First of all, life eventually ends. Yeah. So sorry, folks, if you're listening here, nobody lives forever. <laughs> um, Except for Betty White. Yeah, there's, there's a couple other people. Uh, um, but it, life is not for the safe. No. Life is for risk-taking. Um, nothing great is, 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 is achieved without taking a risk. I, which was partly the quote we'd done before. Yeah, well, and, and this, this makes me think of, I remember having a conversation with someone, uh, right now, the, the COVID vaccine has been a pretty contentious topic of debate for the last several months. Oh, really? Um, has it? <laughs> I know, right? I'm sure no one's heard about that. Uh, so for those of you who are unaware. That's right. Um, but uh, yeah, so the, the COVID vaccine has been a pretty contentious topic. And there there's one argument that, I'm, I'm, I understand people who are uneasy about it or uncertain and whatnot. It's like, I, I, can, I can appreciate that. But the argument that I have no sympathy for is we don't know what the long-term effects are. And, okay, that's a concern, but to me that's a completely null argument because we don't know what the long-term effects of, are of anything. We could find out 50 years from now that MRI machines cause irreparable brain damage. You know, that's the risk with anything yeah, new. Yeah, you know what? Is that we we're we're taking a chance. It's but that's the only way that society progresses. If we were afraid of taking a chance because of we don't know what the long term consequences are going to be, we'd still be scratching markings into caves. You know, that is that is a profound thing you just said. I, I have never thought of it that way. Yeah. At least not consciously. Con cautiously. Consciously? Consciously. Uh, <laughs> was no matter what the human adventure is, you can't predict the future. Yeah. You, everything we do, it, it goes back to the whole evolutionary principle. Mm-hmm. That even Mother Nature is blind when it comes to figuring out evolution. Yeah. There is no plan in advance, which means that if someone comes to you and says, oh, I have a plan for the future, or there's a plan for the future, so they're BSing you, yeah. because you can't know what the future is. And, and that's the thing, and to, to use COVID as an example again, I've got some friends who, are, who want to go on trips, and they're trying to figure out, well, you know, do I book it and risk having to cancel, or lose money, or not go, or whatever, and unfortunately, the only thing people can do in the situation is make the best decision with the time that you currently have. You know, that's the game I got. That is the history game where you play alternate uh, threads of history. Forks in the timeline. That sounds interesting. Right. Now, one of the things that was kind of intriguing me about that was the idea that this game is you go back in history and you make guesses to think where things in history would go if an event had gone differently than it did in history. Oh, that's really cool. The fact is, mathematically, the complications that sort of... uh, butterfly effect mm-hmm. is so complex it's literally in the trillions of computations well and, and so therefore you're right don't worry about projecting the future there are so many 
contributing factors, you never can figure it out. Mm -hmm. So when you get somebody who says, oh, I know what the future is going to be like. Now, you can take guesses, and that's oh, yeah. fun to watch. Yep. But someone who declares either of, from a religious perspective, I'm sorry, I don't believe that angels are talking to you and telling you about the future. If you say that there are secret words within scripture that are give you secret meanings, I've read all the scriptures that are out there. Mm -hmm. I've even read the non-canonical scriptures, cover to cover. No, you cannot <laughs> extrapolate that information. Yeah. So that is a wise word that, you know, the, if you look at the more Eastern faith, the more Eastern religions in mm -hmm. particular, uh, Buddhism and Taoism and stuff, there's a lot of emphasis of live the day, live the moment that you have, be good to people you have, because that's what you have. Yeah. You can't, know what the moral. Now, that's reflected in Christian thought, which also came out of the ancient uh, you know, narratives and so on, that uh, don't do what you can today. Do righteousness today. Yep. Don't necessarily worry about tomorrow as much as tomorrow will come mm -hmm. and it's time. And, you know, uh, the eat, drink, and be merry for tomorrow we die is frowned upon because that seems like you're being irresponsible. Yeah, there's a little bit of hedonism in little there. Hedonism so, in there. you got to temper that. That's right. <laughs> but, you know, if you ask people what makes them feel the best about life is when they're kind to other people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then we were, we're rolling into the holiday season ourselves right now when we make this recording. And, you know, we're aware of the, of the, of the efforts to get donations to help the poor, the homeless, uh, the, the, those who are downtrodden, downtrodden or efforts to help those in foreign countries that you know really don't have a lot of stuff for their, in their name, uh, reflect upon the fact that this is a deep thought I'm going to say here is, you know, we're just fragile little creatures that live on a ball in the middle of a very dark, cold, and empty space. <laughs> and it's, it's pretty brutal out there. Yeah. You know, and... and uh, that, but, well, that was uh, yeah, that was a good thought I, you I, did in, that, in, in reflecting on, on that. I like that was, quote. I really like that quote. Ta Tacitus has a lot of good ones. Well, you know, Tacitus is an overlooked uh, thinker. Yeah, he he doesn't get the the traction maybe a Socrates or Plato or Aristotle yeah, who are Greek or Plutarch or some yeah. of those guys. Plutarch yeah. is excellent. Mm -hmm. the, these thinkers actually were brilliant thinkers, and that's yeah. part of the reason why we do ancient answers is we want to not only make the learning of history interesting, but reflect on the fact that people are kind of the same <laughs> as we are today, yeah. minus slavery and a couple, maybe we're a little bit more uh, forward thinking about the roles of women, and we hope so. I mean, we're yeah. two guys, we're, we're two guys from European backgrounds yeah. that uh, we are recognized that, yeah, you know, women were not treated fairly in the past. Oh, God, no. No, and and, and and there's there's still a ways to go, but we've made a lot of progress at least. And that's encouraging. That's the case. Yeah. Okay. Well, that was my thought. So Shane, what's yeah. your uh, next one? So my second quote. Uh, this one is from Patanjali, who is actually an Indian sage who Excellent. wrote some treaties on yoga. Um, yeah, this was someone I'd never heard of. But well, I found Indian thinkers, we, we're going to need to delve into them because there's a rich, rich yeah, source I've, there. I've been trying to move a little that way the last, uh, last little while, so I was happy to find this one. Uh, so it says, when you are inspired by some great purpose, some extraordinary project, all of your thoughts break your bonds. A great project and great yeah. service. Well... Yeah, some extraordinary project, all your thoughts break their bonds. That's what it is. You know, there is a fictional book that, to me, emphasizes this. And I'm going to give a, a little shout-out to uh, 
Ken Follett's book, Ooh. The Pillars, the Pillars of, the, of the Earth. Of the Earth. Oh, that's a good book. Uh, I have it on audio as well. And, and of course, he's got three sequels that follow up. Yeah, because there's... I'm, I think he also wrote Cathedral by the Sea. Is that one of them? I, I can't remember which names are exact. Okay, but yeah. I, I'm, I, I only read the I, one. I read that it is 5,500 pages of novel. Oh. If you add them all up together. Um, well, but read, as an example, yeah. and it's not the only one. There are mm -hmm. some truly weight. I mean, when I read the book, I read it many years ago. Now I have an audio. I haven't quite started. It's 44 hours long. Oh, jeez. Um, the story of this remarkable construction of a cathedral and how it dominated for decades. Yeah, because it, it, the story takes place over two, two years. That I long. I think it's 130 oh, wow. years. The audience may realize I'm, I could be wrong on yeah. that one. Because I, I know the principal characters are like three different generations or something like that. But anyway. But I mean, so. we would never have had the pyramids if it hadn't been long term thinking. Yeah, we wouldn't have true. had aqueducts. Yeah. Again, we once mentioned an episode the aqueducts of Rome were absolutely an unbelievable mm -hmm. construction project that required multi generations to do. Yeah. Uh, uh, but but even, even the whole idea of farming. The ability of human beings to pass down the knowledge, the intricate knowledge of farming. We forget that with these enormous libraries of books and online videos and seminars and universities that teach agricultural sciences, mm -hmm. it all had to start somewhere and it had to be built up over time. Yeah. It wasn't going to be a snap. Even the use of horses and, and bridling horses, we reflected upon um, you know, the Roman Empire. But even the development of the of the horse saddle mm -hmm. took time and it took pieces, yeah. and uh, but that's a funny, read the read the quote again. That's so, that's a yeah. when you are inspired by some great purpose, some extraordinary project, all your thoughts break their bonds. Actually, now that I, I read that one, it makes me think of um, I don't remember who it was who said it, but we we did talk about the quote necessity is the mother of invention. That's a part of it too. And this this strikes me as very much the same kind of thing. And it's to me, my interpretation of that is that, you know, when when you have this this drive, this project, this passion, you know, you'll find a way to overcome the obstacles. You know, look at the moon landing, for instance. We went from we we went from a manned flight in the late eighteen hundreds to landing on the surface of the moon seventy years later, eighty years later. Well actually like that. the first really attributed man flight was 1903. Oh, it was that late? I so thought it was the late 1800s. I've often reflected to my great-grandfather, who I knew up until the age of 13, was born in 1882. Oh, wow. And so in his lifetime, he saw horse and buggy to the first flight to man land on his moon before he died. So there was a difference of 66 years between yeah, flying yeah, yeah. and landing yeah, on the moon. Exactly. Yeah, that, talk about some obstacles that need to be overcome for that to happen. I mean, we live in extraordinary times. No time in human history has developments gone as anywhere as fast yeah. as here. Uh, it has been like a, a bell curve. Yeah. Uh, well, not a bell curve, sorry, um, a J-curve yeah. that has, has done that. And, and it, it, well, it, Progress does tend to be exponential. The exponential. more you progress, the faster it goes, yeah, right? The faster it goes. So. And so uh, any great effort is going to require an extraordinary timing, planning, uh, effort, yeah, and, and inspiration. Yeah, there you go. I mean, if the one thing I will recognize and acknowledge wholeheartedly was places like Islam and Christianity inspired, let's not counter the conquest. Yeah. That's that's a bloody sight. But the buildings of mosques and, and cathedrals and uh, um, 
even even the systems of charity mm-hmm. that yeah. involve the development of charitable distribution and so on like that, but both Christian, Muslim, Hindu, and stuff, these are part of great empires, uh, enterprises of human beings that had to inspire those that did it to accomplish the great work. Yeah. Oh yeah, I I really that's a thought provoking I like that quote. One. I like, and I, I'm very glad I finally found one from India. I need to, I'm going to spend more time there, and by there I mean on the internet. But okay, <laughs> right, what's your well? What's I, your second quote? I'm going to pull one that what may surprise people. I am going to quote Solomon, Solomon, King of Israel, like biblical Solomon, biblical Solomon. Oh, no, he actually existed. So yes, it's not yes, like we're talking a, a fictional person. No, he was a real historical figure. So. But this is attributed. Yes, this is out of the Bible. And uh, I actually enjoy reading the Bible. I, I see it differently than, than many people, but I, I enjoy reading it. This is one I, I selected. Uh, whoever walks with the wise will become wise, but the companions of fools suffer harm. <laughs> so, modern version, you are what you eat. You are what you, and you are who you hang out with, <laughs> yeah. and, and, and select your company careful. If you hang around with fools, you will become foolish. Not in the poetic, you know, poetic sense, but you know what? You become a jerk. I remember having a conversation with a friend of mine, and they were talking about some silly reality TV program they'd stumbled upon on Netflix that was, oh, it no. was pure garbage oh, television. No. <laughs> and they said, well, you know, I've, it's entertaining and I can just turn my brain off and not have to think about it. And uh, my response sure. was, you do know that that is impacting your thinking though, right? Like yeah, you are that, aware that the things that you, the media you, you in, ingest is having an effect on you. And, well, I, I, I can tell you something it doesn't, again, it doesn't make me a saint, <laughs> but I think it is something I have come to a moral conclusion in my life is that I avoid violent films. Okay. And even TV shows. Mm-hmm. If, 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 there, if I find out from a critic or I find out from someone else I know that they watched a show and they go, oh man, the, such and such a scene was so violent or was this... I often will quiz them, okay, how violent? And mm-hmm. you go, well, why aren't, you know, aren't you man enough to be, you know, oh, not take geez. it? I go, you know what? I don't know whether I want to fill my mind with unnecessary violence when there's enough violence mm-hmm. in the world. Just watch the news. <laughs> um, and, you know, I, it doesn't mean I wouldn't enjoy a Shakespeare. And there are violence in Shakespeare. Yeah. And other great uh, literary rights and, and so on. And there are some wonderful movies that do have a violent scene in them. Of okay, course, I'm not yeah. trying to be that prudish. But, I do, I do find, and I, this may sound a little weird, I am uncomfortable with excessive swearing. Yeah? Yeah. I, I just find, uh, now and again doesn't really particularly bother me, but if someone is trying to be, uh, you know, edgy. cool, edgy, by constantly dropping the F-bombs and stuff like that, now, you know what? Show your intelligence by picking a better vocabulary. Yeah. Uh, so that's me. And and anybody can have a different opinion, but I have I have a right to check, pick and choose what entertainment I want to watch, mm-hmm. and I really eschew violence as best as I can. Yeah, there um, you go. unnecessary violence. Let's put that. that that's yeah. That's a very important. You are what you consume. Yeah, there you go. So, no, that's that's an interesting way of putting it. And in terms of you know media and whatnot, to me, there's a difference between 
you know, violence and like graphic gore displays, like that kind of thing, right? Like, yeah, you're trying to shock the audience. Yeah, yeah, and just, yeah, yeah, like that, that kind of stuff. Okay, now you're just trying to shock and awe, and it's pointless and spectacular and graphic for no reason. I'll tell you a good example. Okay. One of the great classic movies of our time Mm -hmm. was Saving Private Ryan. Yeah. And I, people go, when you watch that first 20 minute scene of the Lanning Hall Beach, Beach, I, I was so shocked at it when I watched it. Um, I, I think I've only watched it twice. Yeah. I don't think I would watch it a third time. But it's so in depth, and I, I remember thinking that I hold differently. Yeah, that, that is violence to teach something. First of all, we don't want to do that again. Yeah, and second of all, I think of all the young men who walked into that mm-hmm. and fearful. You know, they knew what they were doing. It's not like they was hidden. Yeah, and the bravery that they had was remarkable. Mm-hmm. I also throw not that this is an odd one, a segue, but. I am a historian. I love reading about Russian history. Mm-hmm. And I do recognize that the Russians, yeah, they were communist in the Soviet Union for a period of time, and it was the enemy from the West and all that bit. But they suffered 30 million dead yeah. in World War II. They, gave, they believed in fighting for their, their nation, their, mm-hmm. the soul of their nation. They fought this horrible invasion that they had to deal with. And I recognize that, you know, they've only now is there being... a, a portraying to show the violence that they dealt with and they don't want to go through it again yeah and so maybe we can learn from it but when it comes to we'll call it hollywood entertainment Mm -hmm. oh i'm sorry i was going to say uh enemy at the gates oh yes the movie that it it had a a good impact on me i thought that that was a fair story of a telling of a story that never had been told before but violence like like really brutal reenactments of murder even even though they're documentaries, oh, I just kind of go. I I, yeah. I don't need it. Yeah, I won't fair. watch it anymore. You know what? I will watch a funny comedy. Yeah. I will watch a Hallmark movie. <laughs> so, okay, yeah. listen, folks, are listening to it. They're terrible. <laughs> <laughs> they are. They kind of make you cringe. But I'd rather be a chuckle and a laugh than sometimes be shocked unnecessarily by yeah. violence. There's enough in life, and I'm not trying to be a sissy about it. It's just I don't need it. Yeah, no, that's, that's an that's interesting. Very fair. But yeah, the, the, yeah, the, the whole idea of the things that you that you involve yourself with, let's say, they do have an impact on you. So it, it's up to you whether you make that a positive or a negative impact. And if well, there's things that you know are negative, there's nothing wrong with. I'm sure you've seen movies that made you squeezy afterwards. Oh, for sure, absolutely. Yeah. And you go, I, I didn't need to see that. Yeah. Well, and, and I think Saving Private Ryan is a good example where I think that one absolutely needed to be shockingly graphically violent because it was a real historical event that happened just like that and actually uh, James Doohan who played Scotty in Star Trek he landed on the beaches at Normandy with the uh, Princess Princess Patrician's uh, light right, infantry he, did. he was a soldier yeah he lost um, a finger actually he did yeah and and he he went on set and, and and wandered the set and spoke to Steven Spielberg and of the Omaha beach scene and he congratulated him and thanked him for not sparing the gory details um so it, but but again, that's one where that was very important because it is a, a terrible, tragic moment in history that we can't forget. Um, but I did like I did like the fact that a recent movie came out called The Forgotten Battle, oh, that can that, that portrays the Canadian soldiers that fought in in Holland. Well, now we should call it the Netherlands. Mm-hmm. That is completely forgotten. And most Americans uh, and British are aware of the con- contribution of their soldiers in the uh, final. Uh, overthrow of Nazi Germany, 
but uh, us Canadians, we, we don't get a lot of love or well, recognition that the fact that our boys were there as as, as twenty percent of the troops. Well, I think I think that Canadian culture we're seen as so polite. We don't like the idea of you know chest pounding. Look at how great that is we true. are. And anyway, that's a whole other discussion. But but <laughs> yeah, but the the idea of uh, the well, that's that's good. I mean, it, that mm-hmm. reflects our world today. These are th- yeah. th- thinkers that wrote these thoughts, reflecting their times, of course. Yeah. But it's interesting to reflect well, on how we interpret today. Well, yeah, like we're you know we we took this quote from sorry, who was that who said that one? That Solomon. From Solomon. That's from Solomon from the Bible, and we took that and spun it into information about a Saving Private Ryan movie that came out in 1998. <laughs> oh, you like, gotta give us creativity. <laughs> so it just, but that's that's what we're that's what the show is all about, right? It's it's about taking. You know, ancient things and, and putting the modern spin on it, or the or the fa- finding modern parallels to it. Right? Well, you know, there's I do think there's nothing wrong, and maybe to our audience listeners that uh, I came across I think some truly useful quotes out of the Bible, especially mm-hmm. the Old Testament, yeah. that are worth reflecting. Um, maybe we'll take them a little about of any kind of worrisome uh, about any religious connectivity, but st- let them stand on their own. Yeah, because that's life lessons. It right. was a book written to contain the knowledge and wisdom of a people the way they saw the world was yeah. structured. Yeah. Um, I uh, am aware, you know, I have some, some people I know that come from a Hindu background, and I have found it interesting to discuss, not as much as I would like. I, I think that there are many people in the West who have been attracted by, uh, you know, Indian gurus and, mm-hmm. and other thinkers that come from the, the South Asian uh, environment, uh, that... You know, reflect the fact that the East has some thoughts that are different from the West, yep. and vice versa. And maybe part of the human experience is finding fusions between the two sides to move forward. Mm-hmm. Now, this is one of our longest episodes, but it yeah. is one I think that it, we've dealt with some deep topics. That, yeah, yeah, we, we covered a lot of territory with this Q and A episode. I think. Well, we thank our audience for listening to that. We hope you enjoy. We love your feedback. Uh, Shane uh, mentioned, and I'll reiterate, we will be uh, transforming some of our platform and expanding in the new for our third season That's right, yeah. in 2022. And we look forward to keeping in contact and, and let us know through social media your thoughts and feedback and suggestions. Yeah, yeah. If uh, We've got a, a Facebook page. You can just search for Ancient Answers. You'll find it. You can find us on Twitter as well. If there's any topics you would like us to discuss, if we got anything completely wrong, please let us know. We'd love your feedback. If you have some quotes you want us to look into and break down any any feedback would be very very welcome we appreciate hearing from our audience well thank you very much for your time i'm gordon and i'm shane and thank you for listening to ancient answers Mm